Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, you're listening to Fifth Street Soccer here on the Sports Byline. How about that? Your host is choking to death. Uh, Well, not really to death because I'm still here. As I said, Fifth Street Soccer here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. We're obviously not Dan Patrick because he doesn't talk the beautiful game, but I do, Nick Eber, along with my co-host, Kartik Krishnaya. And Kartik, we are nine, no, we're not even that. We're a week away, right? I mean, Friday, uh, Saturday is the Community Shield, is the kickoff of the Premier League season, the sort of curtain raiser on the Premier League season. And Kartik, the transfer market has finally started to show some signs of life. We finally have a transfer market. We finally have a lot of kind of frenzy of activity. And because the transfer market is opening up. It's it's happening really, really late, and there seem to be um, desperation ploys taking place. Arsenal spending a lot of money, apparently, and I think Manchester United are going to make a desperate last-second buy to secure Harry Maguire. Well, we're going to talk about all of that. We're going to talk about uh, the situation in Madrid with Gareth Bale. We're going to talk about Lukaku. We're going to talk about Harry Maguire. We're going to talk about the Gunners. Well, you know what? We have been... Uh, well, shall we say, speaking our mind about the situation at the Emirates, but a signing of Nicolas Pepe, who is a, what is a left-footed right winger, an interesting addition to the squad. I'm not sure is exactly what they need, but Kartik, let's talk about it. A great addition. Arsenal, there, is going to, there are going to be no Arsenal games where I would bet the under. I'm going to put it that way. They're going to be goals galore. Muchos goles, as Carlos uh, Ruiz used to say. Uh, a lot are going to be a lot of goals with Arsenal. We've got so much to talk about. And we're going to talk about the situation with the U.S. women with Hope Solo, who tried to attach herself to the U.S. women's mediation session uh, with the women's national team. And she was essentially told by her former teammates to bugger off. Uh <laughs> Yes, uh, I'm sure she did not appreciate that. Let's talk about the hope, the hope, the hope solo, not hand solo. Let's talk about hope solo and the U.S. women's national team as well, as that story will slowly fade into obscurity as the Premier League gets ready to kick off. All of that and loads more right here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, 800-878-7529, 800-878-PLAY. Big hello to our men and women in uniform around the world listening on the American Forces Network, and if you're listening on one of our digital platforms, we welcome you to the show. Right, we've got to go. Be right back after this. All right, welcome back to the show. Nick and Kartik with you here on Fifth Street Soccer. By the way, find us on Twitter at Fifth Street Soccer. Uh, pardon me, at Fifth Street Sports. <laughs> It's silly of me to give you the wrong Twitter handle, but, you know, I've done stupider things than that. Nick Gieber, along with Kartik Krishnaya, um, lot to get to today. Before we get to the transfer market, Kartik, let's talk about uh, the U.S. women's national team there. Uh, they have a mediation session, I believe, with U.S. soccer uh, scheduled as part of their equal pay lawsuit, and they 
uh, were happily scheduling this and ready to talk, and one Hope Solo piped up and submitted some paperwork to the court saying she needed to be attached to this mediation session because the women on the U.S. soccer team were essentially going to roll over and, um, you know, be submissive to U.S. soccer, and they needed Hope Solo and her pair of giant cojones uh, to help them negotiate. And the women on the U.S. women's national team told her, in no uncertain terms, to piss off. So, in other words, we're looking at Hope Solo, the narcissist, looking for more attention, right? Yeah. Um, now, now, at the same time, I can kind of understand her concern to a certain extent, but I, I, I think U.S. soccer, um, the, the U.S. women haven't actually, having actually filed the lawsuit, something that people in the Hope Solo camp did not think they would actually go ahead and do. They've shown they have plenty of cojones and now are going to demand, demand theirs. And I don't think um, U.S. soccer is in a position of strength, given that the women won the World Cup, to reject it. So uh, to reject their demands, I, I think Hope Solo is just looking to, to kind of uh, remind everybody she exists, uh, much like she did this summer on the BBC. Uh, in the wake of the U.S.'s triumph, she wants uh, uh, to be uh, in, in the middle of things. She wants some credit. And uh, I mean, for, for what, Carter? Look, the, the bottom line is she was, for all intents and purposes, chucked off the team for making some very ridiculous statements. She was suspended. She never really came back. Uh, and then uh, rather than take her, uh, take her wrist slapping with any grace or dignity, uh, she basically tried to throw her teammates under the bus at any opportunity she could, she, she, she could get. So why should they uh, care about what she wants? Why do they need her? I don't think they do. Uh, I'm not the, I'm not their lawyer, obviously. I don't even play one on television. But I mean, I can't <laughs> imagine that would be helpful for them. No, I, I think in fact, what happens is if, if there's any sort of goodwill and um, desire maybe to, to to make a settlement on the part of U.S. soccer, it goes away the second Hope Solo enters that room. Presumably, maybe with even her own set of counsel, or her own counsel. Uh, uh, although, actually, Jeffrey Kessler, who, who uh, is representing the U.S. women, also has represented Hope Solo in the past, so maybe it would be the same counsel. But still, I, I don't think um, U.S. soccer will uh, will settle, and, and the women will get what they want if Hope Solo is part of the discussion. So they would be taking a tremendous risk if they involved her. Well, by the way, on Twitter, at Fistory Sports, uh, Alex P. Uh, to Hockey Al 34 says, I'm sure Arby's could use her in marketing because they have the meats. <laughs> I think he's right. Well, I mean, that's, I think... uh, that's, that's a great tweet. Let's yeah. put that in the archives. That's a good one. Yeah, I mean, and Roughnecks says, uh, Tulsa Roughnecks says, after some of the nastiness she's had to endure, I wish she were in the room, but it's not my call. Adrian says, Intimid uh, at uh, Manager Managerino, that's a great name, says, intimidation of fear tactics is how Cordero got his spot. The players caved then, and I don't see things changing anytime soon. So Adrian, uh, Twitter handle, at Managerino, says that uh, he thinks Hope Solo might have a point. Well, uh, you know, 
Look, she is yesterday's news, and she's trying to make herself relevant again. And she was not on this team that won the World Cup, and I think this just eats away at her, Kartik. Yeah, so here, here, here's where we have to be objective about things. Cope Solo makes a lot of critiques about U.S. soccer publicly, and she's right about 99% of them, right? The stuff she says is on the money. However, I think it's because she's an aggrieved party because she's stepped out of line so many times and has angered her, her teammates, the people she's played with, the people she's played against. And quite frankly, a lot of those, those, those teammates of hers – uh, gave her the benefit of the doubt for a long period of time. I know that having known, you know, some of the things that went around uh, on around the women's national team the last decade, um, and, and and some are just done with her crap and have been uh, for a while. So we have to separate Hope Solo, the critic of U.S. soccer, where she's making some very valid critiques from Hope Solo, the uh, narcissist who wants attention after the U.S. women have won a World Cup, which she did not play in, and the U.S. women have filed a lawsuit against U.S. soccer after Hope Solo was no longer an active member of the national team. Wow. So we have to separate those two things. Right, and so let me bring you this latest news. Uh, Hope Solo's filed a motion for Rule 11 sanctions against the U.S. women's national team attorneys. Uh, He says, uh, this is from at Professor Bank, says, if it wasn't ugly before, it is now. And oddly, it may be worse between Solo and the players than it is between either of them and the U.S. Soccer Federation. Uh, so true, you don't want to make them mad. By the way, I don't want to make Kerry mad by telling, by not giving her a shout-out today. So I'm going to do that right now, if you'll allow me this moment. So I've just done that. And uh, let's get back to the story. But this is a crazy story, Carter. <laughs> Let's hope solo. Of course, it's crazy. My goodness. So if she would have filed that motion, she is actually at this point undermining the cause for equal pay and equality that she says she's that she's because this is what happens in movements. And this is what happens in in revolutions and reform. The people who, who scream the loudest and offend the most sometimes are the people that have to be pushed out of the way to get the change you want. This is through to uh, has been th- true throughout history. Um, and she uh, is, is like some of those people saying, hey, I'm the one who lit the fire. I deserve the credit. Um, even though there is a more kind of nuanced, uh, different toned uh, uh, player that is in position to finally achieve the goals that she, she said she set out to try and achieve, right, Hope yeah. Solo? But now that it's being done on someone else's watch, and, 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 and quite frankly, a watch of more credible people, um, she's whining and complaining and she yeah. wants the attention. Right. I understand what's going on here, but people have to separate uh, what Hope Solo says from um, her actions here. I, I agree with her critiques on U.S. soccer. That does not mean that she should be getting all the credit and she should be the spokesperson for a very credible set of women who have accomplished great things without Hope Solo and have moved right. this conversation forward uh, without her and maybe in spite of her. Well, Kartik, uh, Kerry actually chimes in. She says it's an appropriate last name for her in so many ways. Uh, it is indeed. <laughs> uh, that's a great point. 
And actually, I mean, the thing about it is this is all about her. You're seeing how much of this is about her, and it's not really about the national team. And it's not really it, – if it's only going to mean something to her if she's the one that gets the results. And since she's been kicked to the side now, much like Han Solo uh, was put into a block of carbon – uh, by Jabba the Hutt, uh, the U.S. women are putting Hope Solo in a block of carbon and putting her away for storage. Hopefully they will not thaw her out later. All right, Kartik, uh, <laughs> crazy story, but we'll have to follow it and see what happens. Yeah, we'll have to keep an eye on this. And, uh, hopefully does, that, Hope does, that make, uh, does that make Carlos Codero Jabba the Hutt? <laughs> Uh, perhaps, or uh, or Boba Fett, right? The bounty hunter uh, that brought Han Solo to. Uh... Yeah, well, could could well be. All right, uh, when we come uh, back, you have to see what happened here. Yeah, well, Kartik, we lost to you there for a second. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk some transfers, the transfer market. Look, imagine you're Gareth Bale. You're playing for Real Madrid. You're getting six hundred thousand pounds a week as pay. Your manager said you're not really wanted. You're 30 years old. And all of a sudden, the Chinese pop up and say, Hey, Gareth Bale, we'll give you a million pounds a week to play. And your manager says, Wonderful, I'm going to be rid of you. And everything's going great. And you talk to your wife and your family into the notion of playing in China. And then all of a sudden, Florentino Perez, the head honcho, the huapo at Real Madrid, says, Not so fast, my friend. You're not going anywhere. Except possibly the bench next season. Ooh, things are getting heated at Real Madrid. We'll talk about it when we come back. All right, well, imagine you're sitting at home in your house, your massive mansion in Madrid, and you've got your beautiful supermodel wife there and your kids and you know you're miserable as hell because you're only making six hundred thousand pounds a week you, you hate the language you don't understand it you're not going to take the time to learn it even though that's the language spoken by your employers and all your colleagues but you're just miserable it's tough it's a tough life Kartik, making only six hundred thousand pounds a week and then all of a sudden, your boss, well, not the big boss, but your manager tells you well, he doesn't really want you there because you haven't bothered to learn the language and feels kind of disrespected and maybe you're not really a team player after all. So you call your employment agency and they sniff around and they find you a gig in China. Well, a million pounds a week. You know, you think I could probably live in China for a million pounds a week. Gosh, how nice would that be? So you tell your manager, and your manager says, great, I'll finally be rid of you. And, but then you have to talk your wife and your family into it, and you spend a lot of time doing that. So then you do that, and they agree to it, and then you start packing your bags, and everything's rosy, and you start thinking about all the new things you're going to buy with your extra 400,000 pounds a week above the 600,000 that you're getting now. And then all of a sudden, the owner of the company calls down and says, mm, not so fast, laddie, you're not going anywhere. Well, that is the very, very sad story of one Gareth Bale. My heart weeps for him, Kartik. Uh, yeah, so he's making 22 million quid or so a year and living in Madrid. Yeah, my heart does weep for him. What, what a horrible life. Tough. 
Tough. I mean, I, I don't know yeah, how he tough. handles it. I mean, I think he should possibly be on suicide watch. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, the life of a professional footballer uh, is, such, is so difficult, particularly one making that kind of money. Uh, that having been said, um, at his age, he only has, with, with the type of game he has, he only has a few more really good seasons in him. Uh, so I think going to China now, as opposed to going to China in two or three years, um, you know, and, and sitting and not playing at Real Madrid and rotting with the reserves. And I, I don't know, maybe he'll get cup matches, Copa del Rey matches. Maybe not. I, I don't know. Uh, it, I, I think it would be a waste of a year. I mean, I think it's in everybody's best interest if he gets out of there. Uh, well, that having been said, I'm not going to uh, shed many tears for him if he's stuck there. Well, no, look, I, I, I agree. But I mean, when's his contract up at Madrid? Do you know? I don't. Um, I think they resigned him to a huge. Well, we, we know it's a huge contract. Well, I think he has another contract. year or two to go. I think he's got. I want to say he's got another year or two left on his contract. Yeah. Uh, the problem with Chinese teams, for people that are that are asking about this, is that um, uh, they are not allowed to actually buy uh, pay for players on transfer anymore. So they can. They're a little like MLS. MLS won't buy players from Europe for big money. Uh, they will sell them when they can, but they won't buy them. Uh, so they get older players who are at the sort of end of their uh, end of their career, and that's really what you're seeing. Uh, why the Chinese are willing to pay such large money for the wages, which is the problem that Madrid have. I mean, they want Gareth Bale's wages off their books, so why don't they just let him go? Yeah, I, I don't get. I don't get this. We're seeing more, more and more. I mean, I remember Florent Malouda's last season at Chelsea, um, and there was a player recently uh, at, at, um, at Bayern. I, I'm trying to remember who that was. Who just sat. You know, there are players who are on such high wages you can't move them to another club. Um, they won't take a cut of their wages, so they just sit. Well, the most famous example, I guess, was Wayne Bridge. A couple of years ago with Manchester City, if you remember, wouldn't accept the loan uh, to to any number of clubs because he had his uh, his, his supermodel girlfriend, uh, who of course you know, had had an affair with John Terry, but it's a whole other subject, yeah, right? Issue. But he didn't want, and he was living in this kind of mansion in Cheshire. He didn't want to leave. Um, Okay, hold on, Kotrick. He didn't want to bother and play football, so he ran his contract out of it. So, actually, his contract's up on, I'm just looking at it right now, he's up in the June, end of June 2022. So he's actually got three more Ooh. years left on his contract. Oh, wow. So he could make a pretty penny just sitting. Now, if that's his level of ambition, well, well what that is would his be level a problem. Of ambition? I, mean, I, would... I mean, he's not even willing to learn Spanish. I mean, he can't be that ambitious, Kotrick. Oh, clearly. He could be that ambitious. I mean, you would have think he would have picked up the language. He's been there six years now. He would have picked the language up. Um, Has it been that some, long already? Yeah, 2013. I remember oh, when right. he went. So You're right, 2013, September, yeah. yeah. I mean, right, he's been there six years. He hasn't even learned Spanish. My God, you know, you could, I, I don't know. I mean, you could be anywhere for six years. You're going to pick up the language, I would think. Yeah, I, I've uh, actually been struck working here in the U.S. lower divisions, how many guys pick up English? I was just commenting with our Miami FC team the other day. We have a player 
who uh, uh, defected from Cuba a few years ago, Hector Morales. He's now we're doing interviews with him with the media in, per, in perfect English. Now, these guys eventually pick it up if they're around guys speaking in English. Uh, well, I, I mean, I guess. Uh, uh, the same thing with Spanish. Uh, it has been with a lot of our uh, players I've seen in the U.S., uh, um, you know, white American players who pick up Spanish because they're around a lot of Hispanic players or Latino players. Maybe they don't speak perfect Spanish, but they can at least communicate. Um, Gareth Bale, yeah, his level of ambition hasn't been very high. Uh, the other thing about Bale I have to mention is I think that he's also a player that um, has had so many fitness problems the last few years that maybe uh, there are clubs that don't want to – big clubs in Europe that just don't want to take that risk in addition to his inflated wages. Uh, that having been said, if you're Manchester United and you're concerned about your stock price and you're concerned about trying to get back and contend for the top four – uh, maybe you take the flyer on him and you sell a lot of shirts because that's what they like to do. I don't know. I mean, look, you can look at Atletico Madrid, right, where Kieran Trippier just moved over there, and apparently he's uh, in intensive language classes, having a lot of fun with it, and uh, won't let any of his teammates talk to him in English, apparently. He's, he's, <laughs> des he's desperate. No, that's to, different. It's you know, a key, key difference. Yeah, and, and uh, I know uh, uh, Steve McManaman picked up a lot of Spanish when he was in Madrid. Um, to the point that he continues to do work with La Liga because he knows enough Spanish. Do you think I mean, that that... I, well, they, these guys generally do? I, I, I think Bale is an exception. I mean, is that really Bale? Maybe showing a, an awful sense of entitlement. Yeah, I mean, look, it might be on Florentino Perez and, and Real Madrid for um, very deliberately making him the first 100 million euro player, right, in history. They, 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 put the, they gave Spurs the transfer fee they gave them because they wanted to say they got the guy. Right, they right. made the first 100 million euro transfer, not Barcelona or not one of their other rivals. So um, I think from that moment he probably had a sense of entitlement. Well, uh, that's the Gareth Bale story, and it's a very sad one, Kartik. But, uh, look, you've got a, a player, and I don't know. I wonder what his wages are. i tell you what. Why don't I look him up, and I'll tell you what Gareth Bale's wages are. Uh, oh, we, we know what they are. They're £600,000 a week. Okay. I mean, are you, do you want a £600,000 sulk, weekly sulk, a guy that you're not going to get the most of, whose manager doesn't want him? I mean, at some point, I, I think he's going to go. I mean, yeah, he. Yeah. Was, I mean, how much are you going to get for a thirty-year-old player anyway? Well, historically, you don't. You're not able to sell those guys for a lot of money. But then that kind of changed when Van Persie went to. Uh, well, I think he was twenty-eight or twenty-nine. There have been some guys who've been twenty-eight or twenty-nine that have gone for more than they probably should have. I mean, I thought United overpaid for Van Persie. Arsenal did some nice business then in 20, whatever year that was, 2012. They got one really good year out of RVP, but he was done after that, right? And Wenger yeah. knew when to sell him. Uh, but generally, you don't pay much for those sorts of players. I think uh, in that case, that was a very unique case because Sir Alex knew he was retiring. Um, no one else knew that, but he knew that, and he wanted to win one more title. This guy had basically one more good year in him. Might as well overpay for him, win that title, and get out, which well, is what happened. And let me ask this of Gareth Bale. Um, first of all, is he going to play for Rafa Benitez? Was that the idea? Yeah. Uh, but well, you know, all, Rafa Benitez if he's not made gonna him learn, the centerpiece at Real Madrid. If he's not going to learn Spanish, do you think he's going to learn Chinese? Oh, no chance. <laughs> but I, 
I, I do think the difference is that when you go to the Far East, everybody in business speaks English. Um, China is no exception. English is kind of the lingua franca of, of business and uh, uh, upper, upper class in, in, in all of these countries. It's not necessarily in Southern Europe. That's the irony. Even much closer to Britain where there are a lot of um, uh, Brits that, that holiday, it's not. But in, in the Far East, it is. So I think you can get away in China without speaking, if you speak English. I think if you just speak German or you just speak Spanish, you might have a hard time there. But well, his va- way with speaking English in China. So his valuation, according to the transfer market right now, is about sixty million euros. Um, Still, I, I think that's, that's high for a thirty-year-old. That's really high for a thirty-year-old. I think that's purely based on depreciation, based on what they paid for him. I mean, they paid a hundred yeah. million for him from Spurs. Spurs used that money. Do you want to say wisely? Not really. I will. They, they got Ericsson. That was the only guy they got. That yeah, that's enough. That well, funny. we're going to talk about Christian Ericsson when we come back. There's another guy who's going to be playing somewhere he doesn't want to next season, and that would be uh, the new White Hart Lane because it looks like he's not going anywhere. Look, we've got so much to get to. So much is really hinging on Paul Pogba. Yeah. Because if he goes, it's going to free up a lot of money for United to make a lot of transfers. But if he doesn't go... Well, I think the transfer market could get quite constipated with quite a lot of these big signings that we're talking about. Well, let's talk about it. Let's talk about Pogba, Lukaku, Ericsson, Harry Maguire. We've got a whole bunch of people we've got to talk about uh, right here for Street Soccer. 800-878-7529. If you want to chime in, find us on Twitter at Fist Street Sports. I'm Nick Eber. He's Kartik Krishnaya. Uh, you are listening to us on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM 211. Dan Patrick Sports. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back after this. Jones to bring you in there. Welcome back to Street Soccer. Nick and Kartik with you. We're talking the transfer market. We've had a very sad previous segment, really just terrible, talking about the tragedy of life and the hard done by and the underprivileged. And Kartik, it's really been tough talking about Gareth Bale, but we must move on from that discussion. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Poor Gareth Bale. He'll be sitting in Madrid, lounging by the pool, making 600,000 quid a week. Do you think you'll have a little sangria with him? Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, well, he can drink all he wants if he's not playing. <laughs> For sure. Well, look, let's talk about some other players and some other transfers. Juventus would accept Romelu Lukaku plus around 20 million euros if United want to sign a Paolo, Paolo Dybala, um, which I'm hearing this yeah. from a bunch of different places, Kartik. This isn't just one source. The problem with this is, you know, the problem with these sort of player plus cash plus swap type of deals is that you have different agents working here. So unless they have the same agent, those very rarely get done. And the reason for that is Dybala's agent has got to be thinking, I can get more for my player than as part of this swap for Lukaku. So I wouldn't hold my breath on that. And I'm not sure if Dybala is exactly the type of player that United need at this point. I know Tottenham were looking at Dybala. We were talking about an 80 million 
£1.5 bid was in the works. That's gone very quiet, as have the rest of Tottenham's transfers. United, though, Lukaku definitely on the way to Juve. Uh, and Inter, by the way, are also, uh, Sky Sports are reported, now showing some interest as well in uh, in Romelu Lukaku. Yeah, so that, that that's... Uh... The Dybala thing, first off, I think uh, he, he might be a lonely, isolated player with Manchester United. They need a whole lot more than him. Uh, and, and you're right about the agent uh, component. That's why we, we see so few swaps. Right. Uh, straight swaps or players are swaps plus $20 million. Uh, Sometimes uh, if a player shares an agent, uh, you're able to pull it off. Um, but generally, no. Uh, in the case of uh, uh, Dybala, though, I think Spurs would be a much better fit. You see him playing... Uh, Various roles, kind of like uh, Sun does. Uh, it would just add more firepower to an already good team. Uh, for Juventus, Juventus versus Inter for um, for um, Romelu Lukaku. This is really interesting. I like uh, the idea of Lukaku playing in an um, in a um, Conte system, right? Yeah. In an Antonio Conte system at Inter uh, as the focal point. That's what Conte. Remember, Conte wanted to sign Lukaku at Chelsea. And uh, Mourinho hijacked that deal more out of spite than any anything right. else. He didn't really necessarily value the player. But um, he had just been sacked, remember, by United, <laughs> by Chelsea and replaced by, by Antonio Conte. So um, that's the player Conte wants playing, uh, would want centrally and, and be a target guy, and you can serve crosses into him. Conte's system involves wingbacks and wingbacks who, who play a lot of crosses or, or, or balls on the ground, but balls on the ground that are going to a – to a stationary target player who turns. Um, so he fits that system. However, think about what Maurizio, Zar- Sar- Maurizio Sarri has inherited at um, Juventus with, um, with, with, with Cristiano Ronaldo, with uh, Mandzukic, who, who's done so well for them through the years. Obviously, they've signed Aaron Ramsey. Uh, so you could slot Lukaku in, and you could see how he could play really well um, in, in a 4-3-3 system, which is how, you know, as a, a, and he's a guy you can even, if you need to, put in a wide area uh, and have uh, Ronaldo centrally. I do like him better in, in, at Inter, though. I, I like the fact that uh, they're coming in for him. I don't know that they have the resources to hijack a deal. Um, Juventus has more money than them, right? So yeah. that's probably where he'll end up. But I, I, I like the idea tactically of him playing for Conte. I think well, that we, would be very interesting. Well, we talked about a tr- little bit of transfer constipation. And a lot of these transfers hinge around Manchester United. We talked about Pogba. Uh, yeah. But, you know, Lukaku is the same way. So the news is also breaking, Kartik, at the same time. Uh, Di Marzio is reporting that United have now basically agreed a deal with Leicester for Harry Maguire. Clearly, the money that they're going to get from uh, from uh, from Lukaku, either from uh, you know, either from Juve or from Inter, is going to fund that. Which you know is sad for Man United supporters because in the old days it wouldn't matter. United would have just gone and got Maguire and then worried about you know who they were going to sell if they were going to sell after that. But United are clear, clearly a little like Arsenal. They're a team that's going to either have to sell to buy or finance, like Arsenal have done. Uh, with their newest signing, Nicolas Pepe, who is a terrific, terrific signing. Uh, however, Kartik, um, Monaco apparently out to buy Mustafi. And I'm thinking that's probably an area where the Gunners really need help is in their spine and not necessarily up top. They've got good attacking options already. I mean, Nicolas Pepe is a right-sided, left-footed winger. Um, 
an interesting addition, but probably not really what they needed. I don't know if I have. Yeah, the Mustafi thing is is the Mustafi thing is kind of fascinating to me, uh, Nick. I was uh, at my fantasy. Premier League draft the other day, and we were all thinking, you know, if we want an Arsenal player, that's the last guy we want, right? Because we saw all those high-profile errors last year. But his actually, I, I don't know how 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 to how to view this because do you take fantasy football seriously as an indicator as to how good a player is? Because they do quantify every analytic. Mustafi was actually one of the highest-rated center backs in the Premier League. He was in the top five or so on the board. Maguire was number one, and then. Um, uh, I'm trying to remember who. who How about Virgil Maguire. Van Dyke? He wouldn't have been up there. Van Dyke was number two. Yeah, yeah, uh, and and then uh, obviously uh, uh, Laporte at 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 City, but uh, Mustafi was up there, which was a stunner to me. Um, so maybe he's not as bad as we thought because. The, you know, with center backs, you make high-profile errors. You are the person the camera is on when there is a mistake, when there is a, a howler of sorts. Uh, but apparently, he, uh, at least statistically, he was very solid. He was ranked ahead of the rest of the Arsenal defenders. Um, so that would be a, a, a good one for Monaco as they try and, and get past last season where they've been a team that's been good for several seasons. I obviously went to the uh, semifinals of the Champions League just a few years ago. They beat PSG to win uh, uh, Liga just a few seasons ago. Uh, and then last season, suddenly we're in a relegation fight. So they, they need to rebuild. But of course... If you want to know why Monaco needed to rebuild, you just need to look at Premier League rosters and see how many former Monaco players right. are scattered around the Prem, right? right you know, their right. entire starting yeah. 11 from a few seasons ago is in the upper echelon of the Premier League. So they're, they're not hurting for cash. They've obviously made a lot of money off of transfers. Well, by the way, um, you know, we were talking about Everton and uh, these big moves that they were going to make, but, you know, it looks like Everton's haven't really made those big moves yet, Kartik, and we've been disappointed in that now i'm hearing uh the daily mail saying that uh guaye uh, the midfielder i always pronounce his name yeah wrong. yeah get gaia uh, yeah guy is on the way to psg for 30 million and i wonder what that money's going to fund but you know midfielders really what everton can't afford to lose at this point and particularly that midfielder that that's not i i wouldn't sell him and i wouldn't sell him for 30 million He's the glue in that team. Look, that holding midfield position, it's its difficult to quantify the job that N'Golo Conte does statistically or Fernandinho or uh, Ginny Vinaldum. Another fantasy thing, Ginny Vinaldum yeah. wasn't on anyone's draft board. I said, well, to me, it's one of the best players in the Premier League. Um, it's tough to quantify that position. Idrissa Gaia is not a uh, – he's just not a player I would let go of. Uh, Thirty million. It's PSG, so it's tough to say no if you're the player. But if you're Everton, you've got to then try and get some more yeah. out of it. 40, well, is it, 50 is it million, because they, they brought in and Andre Gomez and Fabian Delph? I mean, yeah, though, I mean, but I don't think those guys are quite as good as Gaia. I mean, he's just one of those box-to-box midfielders that he doesn't tackle hard, but he's in the right position. You know, he's like a Makaleli. Obviously, not that good, but no. that type of player. But, yeah, I think you're right. They probably already bought his replacements in Gomez. And uh, Gomez, who's a better but, uh, attacking player than Gaia, and then Fabian Delph, who, of course, can play in a number of different positions. Can yeah, play on the left yeah, side right. Too, as I think know. Gomez is the, is the replacement. Of course, we, it's gone very quiet on the Zaha front for uh, Everton. Uh, the fact, of course, that um, Arsenal went ahead and bought Pepe, 
is telling you that they, they are no longer yeah, interested no in Wilfred Zaha. Zaha. So uh, now uh, he hasn't moved to Everton either, so it's possible he's going to stay at Palace, which is going to be another disgruntled player on the bench because he's been desperate to move. I don't know how many years this can go on, Nick. I, I think he has to go now. Uh, this would be the third successive season that um, Zaha has stayed at Palace when there seemingly have been suitors. And, and I have to say, two seasons ago, Palace would not have stayed in the league if they didn't have Zaha. In fact, I think that year, that was the year Manchester City had 100 points, and someone from Manchester City was player of the year, I think, if I remember correctly. Or maybe it was Harry Kane. And I oh, had it's argued... it's so boring. It's always Manchester City this yeah, and Manchester City that. Culture. Yeah, no, I mean, but I, I was going to say, I had argued, and, and people killed me on Twitter for this. I said, actually, for me, if, I, if they gave me a media vote... On player of the year, I would have voted for Wilfred Zaha because Crystal yeah. Palace ended up with 40 points. It would have ended up with 20 without him. They would have yeah. been out of the league. Um, and so maybe they're still nervous, Palace. Maybe they know you, you let Zaha go, you might get relegated. Well, but at the same time, if he, if he then starts to sulk, you don't have the same player, right? Well, yeah, but, but, yeah, so but you might so, as well sell him. So, so, so here are the problems. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned this specifically, Real Madrid selling uh, Cristiano Ronaldo to Juventus. I mean, yes, they got a lot of money from him. Um, Tottenham Hotspur spelling, s smelling, selling Gareth Bale to Real Madrid. Yes, you get a lot of money on it. But, you know, you can put bags of money out in the position that that player plays on the pitch, and they w it won't score any goals for you. It'll just chink yeah. and make a little chinking sound when the ball hits it. You've got to buy someone that can be as impactful as the player that you're losing or buy two or three people strategically to bolster the squad in other areas. The problem someone like Crystal Palace has, unlike Real Madrid, and you even saw with Real Madrid how much they missed those goals that Ronaldo was, was oh, uh, scoring yeah. for them. The problem the Palace has is you're not going to attract another player of the caliber of Zaha, no matter how much money you pay them, and you're, you're not going to find that diamond in the rough that they had with Zaha, and so the money's great, but it's you're right. You're in real danger of getting relegated. Yeah, and another example, Liverpool, when they sold Luis Suarez, Brendan Rodgers was given – whatever it was, $60 million, $70 million to spend, and he got guys like Lazar Markovic, right? Crazy, I mean, it was yeah. just a complete waste of guys they bought. You had to remind right, me of that, window. didn't you? Uh, you, you it's you funny because Liverpool, yeah, Liverpool has bought... You just couldn't control Liverpool yourself. Has, well, you, couldn't, you couldn't, could you? You had to be mean to me. <laughs> Liverpool has bought so well since then. <laughs> Liverpool has bought so well since then, and they bought so well before that. Jordan Henderson at twenty million, uh, people were questioning it at the time. Now looks like one of the steals of the century. But that particular window, when they had more money to spend and didn't have to be disciplined and say, "Hey, let's try and get a young guy like Henderson." He was young at the time at Sunderland for twenty million. They they went crazy and didn't spend well. Same thing with Spurs. Other than right. the Ericsson buy, um, they six of the seven guys they bought after Bale was sold. Were, were, were trash. Well, maybe Lamella wasn't trash, but he was always hurt. Five of the seven were trash. Hey, Kartik, um, Kartik, we've got just a minute left in this segment, but I want to ask you this. If Tottenham don't get Dybala, and that, now it's not looking like that's going to happen, adding Dembele and Clark and losing Trippier and uh, losing, uh, well, Lorente, he was scored goals for them. They let him go. Yeah, and, I, and, you know, the fact they've got Ericsson, who's disgruntled. You know, we talked about how the team was strengthened, but really is it? You're going to have just a minute when we come back to give me your thoughts okay. 
if the season started tomorrow, what the situation's going to be like with Tottenham Hotspur. All right, you're listening to Fifth Street Soccer. It's Nikiba Kartik Krishnaya with you. We'll be right back to wrap it up here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, Sirius XM 211. Just a couple of minutes left, and you know, during the break, I was actually looking at this and saying, you know, if Spurs don't get Dybala or some other big name, they've lost Trippier, they've lost Llorente, they let him go. Uh, Eriksson's not going to go anywhere, seemingly. He's disgruntled. Yet Arsenal going to bring in Saliba from Saint-Étienne uh, as a big centre-back, uh, young, uh, 18 years old. Uh, 18-year-old Gabriel Martinelli, the... Uh, uh, the um, uh, Brazilian was he Argentinian or Brazilian? He's Brazilian, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, bring in Danny Ceballos uh, on loan from Real Madrid, and then if they add in the very young Nicolas Pepe, uh, Arsenal, you have to say, have done a lot better business than Spurs in the off season. Suddenly, from being the butt of our jokes all week, Arsenal might have stood up and uh, be counted. Yeah, but I, I think we were skewed by Dombele going to uh, Spurs so early in the window. That, that was a match. They have not followed that up with anything. Let's be honest. So they have one impact signing. Now, he is a big deal. That is going to improve their midfield dramatically, particularly midfield that had so many injuries last season. Uh, but they haven't improved anywhere else. And if, if anything, they've gotten weaker with the sale of Kieran Trippier. I, I don't know if it's going to be Serge Aurier or Kyle Walker-Peters at right back, what they're going to do. Uh, Danny Rose apparently is surplus also to requirements. So uh, I keep an eye on Spurs. Maybe this is the year they fall out of the top four. They seem to... To stay in the top four every season, Nick, four successive years, but maybe this is the year that they just their lack of transfer activity catches up with them. Well, it's just strange. I mean, after come being runners-up in the Champions League, making a Champions League final, moving into your new home, making all sorts of promises and being linked with big-money players, I have to think we're going to see more from Spurs, but there is only seven or eight days left in the transfer window, maybe ten days. Uh, Kartik, we're just about at the end. All right, we're going to have to go. Uh, that's going to be the end of the show because we're out of time. We wish we had loads more time, but, well, we don't. So uh, you'll have to remember to tune in Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern, for loads more of, quite frankly, the absolute best show on radio. Nikki Brankarti Krishnaya, right here for Street Soccer. Until tomorrow, have a great night. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.